0: Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication, and we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. When you think of Christmas traditions, what comes to mind? Our family has created our own with first-generation attachments, and one of our newest ones is a musical you may have heard of if you're in Southern California. Join me for today's show as we interview the lead character of Twisted the Musical and my firstborn, Ethan Dunn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, a lifelong homeschooling parent, author, and president of Chula Vista Christian University, a four-year university that centers on mentor-driven, Bible-based, debt-free higher education. Visit us at cvcu.us to see how we are taking back education for the next generation. If you're new to the show, be sure to scroll back on my podcast for some tips on breaking free from the system. Pastors, if you'd like to know more about how you can play a vital role in rescuing the outsourced generation, go to academicrescuemission.com and click the Start an Academy tab. We can have your campus running in four weeks anywhere in the United States. The harvest is ready parents. We have three levels of support for you. Our church-based support classes, our annual conference, and our college degree programs. Earn your bachelor's degree without going woke or broke. Get all the details at cvcu.us. That's Chula Vista Christian University. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at ChulaVistaU for updates. Well, I am very excited about Today's show. And I know when you think of Christmas traditions, you probably have some great ones that come to mind. Our family has some that we have loved and we've shared on the show before. But one of the new ones that we've added in the last few years is a show you may have heard of if you're in the Southern California area, Twisted the Musical. And of course, our listeners have heard about Ethan, my firstborn. We're so proud of him, not only for his character and his wisdom gift, but that he is using his gifts and talents for the kingdom of God. Now, Ethan, straight out of college, was hired by our church to run the broadcast department. And today we're going to talk about his experience homeschooling, how that prepared him, his work on the stage, his role as an upcoming director. And, you know, I have to kind of introduce myself now as Ethan's mom to have any street cred. So I'm Ethan's mom. And Ethan, it is such a
1: joy to have you on the show. Thank you for being with us. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for taking the time to have me.
0: (laughs) I know that our parents who are listening in are going to want to hear all about your educational background. You were, of course, our guinea pig. And we didn't know the first thing about homeschooling when we started with you. But we saw that good fruit in our friends, the Carlson's Lives, and we thought... We're just going to jump in with both feet. So tell us a little bit about how being homeschooled shaped you personally and professionally.
1: Uh, Well, I think the main thing about being homeschooled is it gave me a lot of time to think and to self-reflect in ways that I wouldn't have been able to had I been in a more structurally rigid uh, environment. Uh, it, It allowed me to learn and accelerate learning at my own pace rather than being, uh, held to the diminishing standards of my peers. Uh, and it gave me a, a better understanding of, uh, myself, my own, uh, giftings, abilities, um, in ways that I might not have been able to understand or fully appreciate had I been in a different environment.
0: Love that. That's so good, Ethan. You know, parents often worry that that old word socialization, that their kids won't be socialized if they're homeschooled. And when I think about you, that makes me laugh because you, one of the comments I hear all the time about you from other people is that you're so easy to get along with and that you can relate to anyone from age five to 95. So what would you say to parents who fear that lack of socialization?
1: Yeah, socialization was something that was learned as a skill rather than um, passively experienced. Um, It was uh, taught to me both directly um, through instruction and um, indirectly through just being able to communicate with uh, people my age and adults being uh, in that environment where I had to um, be able to really communicate being able to be in that environment where I was communicating on a, uh, almost peer to peer level with someone of a different age group or demographic rather than again, just being brought down to the level of my peers. Um, it, it actually, it, I'd, I'd say ultimately accelerated my, uh, socialization. And it is something that has to be approached intentionally. Um, because if you have a child and you leave them in in an isolated environment and allow them to be isolated, then yeah, they're going to come out a little weird. Um, (laughs) But if you, if you approach it um, with the same perspective of education as, as you would anything else, then they're going to be able to apply those um, skills a lot more adeptly. I, I think it's like with music, it's, it's the difference between, Being uh, self-taught at music and knowing music theory, um, one requires more effort, but it ultimately yields better results and Mm. a deeper understanding of the subject.
0: Great example. I remember when you were in high school, you got to a point where I literally felt like I couldn't teach you anything. You were way smarter than me by 10th grade and (laughs) we reversed the roles and I had to start asking you questions. What were some of your favorite books and how did they challenge or inspire you?
1: A lot of my, um, a lot of the books that appealed to me early on were books of, um, historical fiction that were set in, uh, real historical times and, and that, you know, covered the scope of different events, but placed you in a more, uh, intimate narratively driven context. Um, you know, through just a frame story of whatever appealed to young adults at the time, I don't know. Um, as I got older, that turned into an interest in just general history. Um, I remember, um, getting to a point where I started to become frustrated just reading textbooks about, um, history or, or literature or other subjects because I just wanted to read the source material, you know, like why. <laughs> Why would I want to read a book from 2005 about um, ancient Greece when I could read the histories of Herodotus or um, you know something that was actually from that era? Um, I think what, one of my favorites later on ended up being uh, The Leviathan by Thomas Hobbes, um, which I mostly appreciated for the way he was able to um, very um systemically con, uh construct a uh fairly robust understanding of uh, human society in general um that you know started with just um basic principles of you know physics or at least their understanding of physics at the time uh all the way out to how you know these you know, actions and uh can shape the course of society. don't fully agree with his um, more rigid philosophical conclusions, but the uh, highly in-depth approach that he took to outlying and explaining and justifying his philosophy um, was something that was deeply impressive to me growing up.
0: Well, that's an example of how you got smarter than me right away by 10th grade. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Then Wikipedia.
0: (laughs) When you were little, your dad and I were... Really not sure what to think of your gift. You, uh, you would memorize entire scenes from *Adventures in Odyssey* and *Veggie Tales*, and you would act them out. And we, obviously, were not sure if that was normal. But now we see that gift that's alive in you. It's transforming others. What were some early indicators for you that theater and film would be part of your future calling?
1: Um, it was just always something that interested me. Um, I, I was involved in a lot of church productions growing up. And as a side note, I think that also speaks to um, fears that potential homeschooling parents would have about their kids not having um, extracurricular opportunities like, uh, you know, performing arts or sports is a big one. Um, I I would disagree with that. Um, You there are opportunities everywhere. You just have to look um, to develop those skills. Um, but as far as my, my interest in the arts, um, I remember this was when DVDs first started replacing VHS tapes. And so they would come loaded with bonus features. And at the time, bonus features were actually cool uh, for movies. Um, they would have all these like in-depth, um, behind-the-scenes videos on how they made the movies. And it got to a point where I would buy a movie or, or show on DVD and I'd watch the behind the scenes before I watched the movie. Um, I think there were a few times where I even watched the movie with director's commentary first right. before <laughs> I watched the movie itself, which I'm sure was very annoying to everyone else around <laughs> me. But I was like, you know, five to eight. And when I started doing that, you know, I just thought it was a cool feature. Um, but yeah, I think that imprinted a lot of that fascination onto me. And it also was really helpful for, you know, long car rides where, you know, I didn't have anything to do. This was pre, you know, cell phones and, right, you know, right. I, I didn't have anything. So I would just sit in the back of the car and replay, uh, the entirety of Kung Fu Panda in my head <laughs> and just kind of watch it in my brain start to finish. It's amazing. great. You know, I think I still have most of it down.
0: That's so amazing. I think you know, even when you talk about the local church and just encouraging parents being involved in that community. Obviously, we started homeschool academies for you and Simone when you guys were little and you had the opportunity to act in those in your local church as well. But I think that's so crucial for homeschool parents to make sure that they're part of a community we've talked before on the show about the benchmarking opportunities that gives and just the way that it opens up for our kids, a lot of of really significant advantages and opportunities. Well, you just wrapped up two, really powerful shows, one at the Rady Shell, performing to 15,000 people. And then another, I don't know if it was eight or 10,000, you can speak to that at Twisted the Musical. I'm always amazed at your portrayal in the role of Scrooge because you're able to communicate such bitterness and such brokenness. And in real life, you're so kind and so joyful and so even keeled. You're such a great role model. And so it's really piercing watching you on stage. It's like, the King David moment where he said, search me, Lord, try me, know my anxious thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me, lead me the way everlasting. It's like this, the show is this x-ray of our hearts. So thank you, first of all, for your powerful portrayal. What do you hope that audiences walked away with after seeing Twisted the musical?
1: Um, for Twisted, I, I really hope it just sits and lingers with them. Um, There's so many different scenes in the show, um, which is a a reimagining of A a Christmas Carol, for those who um, aren't familiar with the material told through 80s music. Um, And the focus is more on uh, uh, spiritual redemption rather than uh, ghosts. So it's angels and demons fighting over the soul of Ebenezer Scrooge, which sounds very um, uh, churchy. Um, at least it did when I was first invited to it, but I was completely blown away and floored by the production values, the talent and the the vision and message behind it. There's so many scenes in the show that appeal to different people in different stages of their life um, in, in the, you know, few days and weeks following um, my last uh, performance. I've had people come up to me and tell me about, a certain scene or song or line that impacted them. And every single one of them was different. Some of them were even not even highlighted sequences in the mm-hmm. production, but they're just watching something in the background and, uh, the way someone, you know, you know, turned their head away or you know, someone flinched or, you know, the way a dance was executed. It, it the arts move people, um, Art is able to, uh, when it's executed well, to sort of bypass the brain and go directly to the heart. And so um, things that people might otherwise be resistant Mm -hmm. to hearing or feeling or experiencing, um, all of a sudden it'll just plant that seed directly in them, which is why uh, it's such a powerful um, uh, medium, uh, performing arts and music, um, and something that really should be, you know, utilized carefully and intentionally.
0: So good. Well, as a Charles Dickens aficionado, I would say, I think Dickens would be very proud of you and your portrayal. Parents, what harvest are you looking for in your home? Are you sowing the right seeds today to reap that harvest tomorrow? Are you modeling the character traits that will help your family shine like stars in a warped and worried generation? Ethan, what have been some of the keys of success for you as you moved into the world of work? Do you see any specific ways that homeschooling helped you prepare for really where you are now, which is a multi-generational environment?
1: Yeah, I think mm-hmm. similar to what I said earlier, homeschooling allowed me the time and space to craft myself, if that makes sense. Um because it did force a lot of, uh, introspection early on. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing like being the only person in your class to, um, really take a good look at yourself and assess where you are. Um, and so I was top of my class for almost every year. Um, but, um, that and and just having access to very well um, developed curriculums that were designed with homeschooling in mind, with um, being self taught, um, uh, it, it enabled me to accelerate at a much faster pace. So it, it's sort of like um, I'm trying to think of a strong analogy, but uh, something being uh, worked on. Uh, out of sight from everyone else um and then mm. coming out fully formed versus That's good um mm. you know taking a much longer time to be sculpted and developed uh in the public eye, not that I would say I was fully formed at eighteen or twenty two because uh, you know if anything has shown me that life is continual progression mm-hmm. and development and learning, it doesn't stop when you hit a certain. Good arbitrary th- threshold. It's something that continues for your entire life.
0: Yeah. It's really good. And and I think too, just the multi-generational piece, I think of all the times where you taught a class in the homeschool academy and you were just a couple years older than the kids, but you were able to serve as a mentor to them. And you had people in your life who even outside of us, outside of your mom and dad, you had mentors around you that really helped you too. And I think it's, it's just a really exciting thing. I think about the film class you taught at one of our academies and how you scouted out junior high talent that's now (laughs) contracted as an employee at the church. I mean, it's, it's a really cool thing. Well, I think one of the kind of enigmas about creatives is, you know, Covey said in the eighth habit that creative, a creative person discipline disciplines like an octopus on roller skates. And we see that all the time with creatives where they're, they're visionaries, but they're not finishers. And I think of the many things I marvel about with you is that you have a reputation of finishing, that you're not just a dreamer, you're not just a visionary. And we need dreamers and visionaries. I'm not speaking down to those types of people, but it is a pretty remarkable thing to have someone who's a dreamer and also a finisher. I know you just won an award for this. So I know it's real. It's not just me making it up. Like when you were little and I'd say, you're a great writer. And you'd say, that's just because you're my mom. You say that and then you got to college, and the professor said, "You're a great writer." Uh, so I know that somebody else, you know, let another praise you, a stranger, not your own lips, somebody else validating you. But um, what are what are some specific recommendations you have for parents who have creative kids? Is there anything that really helped you specifically that maybe parents can lean into in developing those skill sets in their own homeschooled children?
1: Yeah. I said something really profound the first time I heard this question. I don't remember what I said, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I think, again, being given the the space to develop and, and, and pursue passions and skills, even if they seem a little directionless um, initially, because even like you said earlier, you know, my um, uh, uh, creative and performative bent uh, was a little uh, strange for lack of a better word <laughs> uh, coming out of a eight year old child, but <laughs> it being able to develop that and foster that um, rather than just, you know, again, being pushed into conformity um, really helps tremendously. I think on a practical level, taking those, um, interests and setting, uh, expectations of of development of execution. And it it is interesting because since, again, I I was the only one in my class besides, (laughs) um, the, um, supplementary homeschool programs I was a part of over the years, um, when you don't know what your limits are, you find you will often exceed them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's the same as, you know, being blindfolded and having to, um, you know, crawl across a a football field. You'll most likely make it much further if you don't actually have a limit set for yourself in your Mm -hmm. mind. So, um, and, and that's, that goes back to the, the self-taught, um, and, and, sort of self, um, accelerated, um, you know, approach that, that ended up occurring later on in in my homeschool, uh, life. It, it, you know, I didn't know really what limits I had, but I just kept learning and, Mm. and kept pursuing interests. And then I, you know, got into the college environment and found out that I was, uh, at least more familiar with a lot of the subject matter Mm. that was being discussed than a lot of other people who were approaching it fresh for the first time.
0: So good. You didn't know you had a ceiling. You didn't see the ceilings around you, which is a lot of kids are so limited by the ceilings of their peers. So that's, that's really powerful. Ethan, what a joy to have you on the show today. Hopefully we can have you back. You are Mm. a lot of fun. You are such a joy to my heart and I'm so proud of you. Our local answer to the global crisis in education is Chula Vista Christian University and our homeschool model at academicrescuemission.com. You heard Ethan talk about the homeschool academies he grew up in. Through that inquiry-based model, we founded dozens of academies across the United States, and we are literally watching the culture shift. Again, I'm Dr. Lisa Don, and thanks for joining me on today's show. We'll be back next week with more tips and tools of the trade. See you then. From our family to yours, a very Merry Christmas. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode, or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at DrLisaDunn or via email to contact at DrLisaDunn.com. That's drlisadunn dot com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect.